correctly with the correct amount. D20 Radio, where gamers roll. Hey, this is Nadia. And this is Tom. And we are excited to announce that Shared Sagas is now a proud member of the D20 Radio Network. This week, in honour of us joining this awesome community, we would love to give a shout out to The Forge, produced by Chris of the Order 66 podcast and GM Hooley, formerly of the Dice Pool podcast and fellow Brisbane gamer. The Forge, a Genesis RPG podcast, is an excellent podcast, all about the wonderful Genesis system by Fantasy Flight Games. This podcast features deep dives into the game's rules and content, some fantastic industry interviews, and well-informed, entertaining banter. You can find The Forge and many other great podcasts and content at d20radio.com. And now, it's on with the show. You're listening to Shared Sagas, an Australian RPG actual play podcast. This podcast features adult language and adult themes. Listener discretion is advised. So you're making your way to Blackstaff Tower, would that be fair to say? Mm-hmm. Okay. So you make your way out of the Northwood through the center and the central markets of the city of Waterdeep. The city of Splendors is all around you today as you get, it's towards perhaps about early to mid afternoon now. The sun is still high in the sky. Because of the fact that it is spring, there is still a cool breeze that uh, suffuses all the streets and alleyways as you make your way through the bustling activity, the scents, sights, and sounds of the city. Once again, to Jez's delight, you can see an entire flock (laughs) of the Griffin Riders soar overhead, high in the sky. I feel like we keep bumping into Jez because Jez like stops yep. to watch the Griffin Riders and we're like <laughs> they'll stop in the middle of the street we're like D- come on come on now what's happening every now um, and then just direct her around an obstacle yeah yeah. so after making your way through the sort of central market ward there if you look to your map you're going to Effectively, one of the far western locations. So, Blackstaff Tower is uh, in the in the Castle Ward. It is just separate to Castle Waterdeep and whatnot. You're making your way. You're going up and up and up and up hill. So you're at a steady at a steady incline as you make your way through the streets as well. So you've been traveling across the way for probably about twenty or thirty minutes to get from you know where you are through to the just the outskirts of the Castle Ward itself until all of a sudden you can see an incident up ahead. Mm. You hear a crashing sound, and then you hear some screams coming from a side alleyway. As you look up on the main thoroughfare that you're on, you can see that there clearly a, an entire stall of flowers and fruits has been knocked asunder, and a middle-aged woman has been either either knocked by or hit by something and has been helped up currently by a group of, you know, benevolent onlookers. Mm-hmm. And you can see people running out of the vicinity of an alleyway, and you hear dogs barking angrily and a cat hissing and all, all sorts of commotion as people look down an alleyway that is uh, just on the edge of where you're approaching. What do you do? Do you ignore this or do you... Uh... Now, with somebody with proficiency in animal handling, I don't think I would... Like, I know they don't subscribe in this thing to the druidic idea that, like, they can communicate with all creatures at all times. Mm. No, you need a spell for that. Yeah, exactly. However, being druidic and being one with nature, yes. I think it's not unreasonable to assume that I can get a general tone of like, is it aggression or alarm? Animal behavior. Yeah, like so what's going sure. on? Yeah, absolutely. So you would you, so you like me to roll animal handling? Absolutely, please yes. do. Yes. 
Uh, that is 18. Fantastic. So what happens is that you can tell straight away. You look at the signs, you can hear the sounds of whinnying, and you realize that this is a runaway carriage. This is a carriage that has been driven with some force into the alleyway. And that's what's knocked over the stall. That's what's angered the dogs and the, mm-hmm. and the cats and so forth. You can actually hear the whinnying of distressed horses at the end of the, al- of the alleyway as well. If you wanted to intercede, you'd probably have to act quickly. So do you just rush up there into the alleyway or do you hold back and is it moving very quickly do we think you don't know it's gone into the alleyway now and I'll run, I'll run up to the alleyway yep. so when you rush in you can see that the carriage itself was just your typical four wheeled two horse carriage mm-hmm. the horses look really beleaguered and one of them actually looked wounded unfortunately mm-hmm. uh, so the horse itself has had its shoulder or its flank brushed against uh, a particularly harsh piece of stone on the edge yeah. of the alleyway and is whinnying it, it's, it's a small flesh wound but it's causing it some distress most the carriage itself has, has capsized mm-hmm. and you can see that there are two crushed goblins Ooh. that are dressed in the dark purple leather armor of the Xanathar guild. You see the back door of the carriage has been popped open mm-hmm. and you can also see now that there is this some, some angry sort of shouting as the carriage itself has almost blocked itself off. You know, it's come to a mm-hmm. it's come to an absolute crash in the middle yeah. of this very narrow alleyway and it's turned on its side, it's smashed to the side, it's it's kind of on a, a slightly 45 degree angle. The back is like the, the back door has just been ripped off as you rush into the alleyway itself. And you can see that there is a very, very large uh, bugbear. Uh, once again, just dressed in basically the leather, sort of slightly purple-colored armor of the Xanathar Guild. It has a gigantic, wicked-looking spike mace in its left hand, and it's currently shouting orders into the back of the carriage, where you can see that there are two uncrushed goblins mm-hmm. who are picking up what looks to be sort of a uh, like a strong box, and they're making the- this. This would be an unusual sight, surely. Well, is it th- so the Xanathar Guild definitely hires. Uh, mm-hmm. monstrous creatures mm. to work for it. So it, it, it's a criminal faction that definitely has a lot of underdark creatures uh, that, you know, so goblins, orcs, bugbears, etc. are not unusual to be working for the Xanathar Guild. However, this appears to be like a uh, like a heist or a, or yes. a, or a wagon exactly. hijack that's gone on in broad daylight. Yeah. So that's weird. Okay. So they desperately want whatever's in that chest. Yeah. I say, uh, a couple of questions before we get into it. First of all, yes. is this alley, does this alley uh, come out into another street or is it a dead end? Uh, so this alley ends at a T-section, which you, right. actually, you know what? You just know. You're a street urchin. Yeah. You know you know this alleyway has a T-section, which has a very large sewer entrance, and that's probably where they're going, cool. but it is a dead end. All right. The carriage itself only has one entrance and one exit? Yes. And it is so now like a roof carriage? Correct. And the bugbear is currently blocking that uh, exit? Yes, correct. Now, to be fair, the goblins could burst out through the windows on the top, which are shattered but yep. you know that'd be a bit of a scramble okay sorry Mark you were saying so I I think sort of first just glances back at everyone said I'm gonna as you emerge in the alleyway by the way the bugbear is yep. looking all around and turns to you and uh-huh. just sort of says oi fuck off doesn't concern you move along uh, I like <laughs> Allow me and to then actually, and then actually, assumes that you're going to follow these instructions. Assumes that he's scary enough, and just turns his back and starts to keep arguing the goblins. It really seems like they are concerned with this. He's, he's focused on the job. Yes. So, what do the three of you do? Uh, Hurst is going to climb up onto the roof and basically just Assassin's Creed down onto him. So 
sounds good. All right, so why would these spider climb just go? Oh yeah, how long does it last? That's really cool. So it actually lasts for a good hour or so. So you're fine for now. So that 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 works great. So I'm gonna put my legs either side of his head and give him a hurricane runner. So they are they will be surprised because they're not expecting you to attack, and the goblins in the carriage can't see you. So roll initiative, but you'll you'll all be acting in the first round. Well, I would be acting first out of us. I don't think. Oh, sorry. That's fine down here. I mean, he specifically spoke to me. <laughs> uh, Hurst uh, rolled an 11. Uh, Jez. 19. And Lyle. 13. Okay. So they actually would be going first, were they not surprised, which thankfully they are. So, first up is Jez. Okay. Oof. Okay, so... I can only see the bugbear at the moment. You can see the two goblins that are struggling with the strong box. They'll probably have partial cover because they're kind of pushing the gigantic metal strong box in front of them. And, and actually, as you approach, you can see inside that there are two corpses, two uh, male human corpses that are dressed in black armor that are on the inside of the carriage as well. Which they're clambering over. Altogether, there is three goblins. Okay, so I might just stay back where I am and not get too much into the thick of it just yet, and shoot off my crossbow. Sounds good. Just quickly, we haven't had a uh, we haven't had a long rest or anything. You had a right. short rest, but not a long rest. Yeah. Sorry. So hit dice can be spent to refresh hit points for spell slots. I haven't recovered yet. This is uh, very true. I actually Ooh, recover actually. a single spell slot on a short rest. Per short rest. Nice. I believe it's single spell slot. So, so to be cl- to be clear, Jazz, are you aiming for the bugbear or for one of the goblins? Half my level worth. I don't know, the left goblin, let's just say. Okay, that's fine. He'll have partial cover, but that'll only be plus two to his AC. So you take careful aim, aim your crossbow, let loose with a bolt, and what was the result? Uh, so that was 19 to hit. Uh, yes, that easily hits, even with the cover. Great. I feel like And that's good. Uh, uh, 11 for damage. So you kill this goblin straight up. The crossbow nice. bolt... Whistles over the bugbear's shoulder, sticks the goblin straight between the eyes, and it falls down to the ground. As that happens, because it was it, it was lif- lifting up the other the other half of one of the strong boxes, it actually rolls backwards and pins. And you hear a you hear a, a, a painful sound as the goblin behind is pinned under the metal strong box that it was helping to lift up. Uh, can you actually roll a d6, and this will be the damage that the goblin behind it takes? I certainly can. Only fair that since you caused this. Four. Great. So it, it's not it's not dead, but there's a really painful painful oof as, as the strong box you know looks at that the bugbear turns to you and glowers at you in anger that is going to be Lyle's turn alright uh, I'm going to spend an action using uh, my channel divinity okay which is a invoke duplicity oh my so as an action I create a perfect illusion of myself that lasts up for a minute or until I lose concentration uh, the illusion appears in an occupied space that you can see within 30 feet of you that's so cool as a bonus action on your turn you can move the illusion up to 30 feet at a space you can see but it must remain within 120 feet the long and short of it basically is it gives me um, advantage on attack rolls against a creature that can see the illusion. Magnificent. So in this case, I will spend that action to create the illusion of myself running underneath the um, the legs of the bugbear. Okay. Towards where the uh, strong, box is, strong box is, hopefully providing it uh, something to look at. Perfect. Hurst. Eyes on the prize. I like it. Mm. Uh, Hurst is going to get up high uh, and then he's going to transform into a panther. <laughs> Good. I love it. So using the spider climb, uh, yeah. there's no roll required. You just, you just, you okay. just Spider-Man up on the wall above the bugbear. I genuinely am actually genuinely curious. Does spider climb persist through to panther, panther form? Yes. Mm. <laughs> spider panther. Spider. So you can, so you can panther first. And that's a bonus action. Plus called a displacement. Yes. 
Oh, actually, no. No, I think I think unless you're isn't, isn't it? unless yeah, you're circle of the moon. Uh, yeah, I believe it's a full action. You're absolutely right. Yeah. I have forgotten. <laughs> but okay, so I might not actually do that then. <laughs> but you could turn to a panther and then run up the wall and just wait <laughs> for next for next round, <laughs> which would look very cool. Up to you though. No, I'm gonna bugbear you. Say yes. Hmm. Uh, I mean, they're not an insurmountable challenge, but they're nothing to sneeze at at yeah, your level. I mean, I've got some spell slots. They're not massively useful. Let's not waste them. This isn't going to take You know, what else are you going to be doing today? Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm going to go up up and attack the bugbear, of course. Yeah, I'm just going to roll up to the bugbear. Whipping Uh, out your scimitar and... Oh, no, no, no. no. Just shield up, other hand out, and then just poison spray him in the face. Oh, sounds good. So holding the shield out, you put your half-orc hand over the top of it and poison spray... Shoots out. Am I making a save or is it an attack roll? Uh, it is versus con. So save, yes. Save, please. Fail. Right. You think bugbears that have more con, but that's. I mean, I always talk myself out of doing it because I'm like, no, bugbear will have con. No, plus one. I mean, only it has 12, uh, 13 con. And no, no. You are freaking kidding me. No. That it's 1d12 poison damage. Yeah. No, poison spray, we, we covered this last time. Yeah. yeah. It, it's a mangan cantrip. It does one poison damage. Oh my. That, <laughs> so, well, that's a less bad. It, it is a mild irritant. It mostly melts a little bit of the, the side of the carriage. Uh, the, 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 the acid just sort of sizzles into the side of the black paint on the side of the carriage. The bugbear looks more annoyed than anything else. Mostly it's annoyed by this little halfling that scurried underneath his feet. And so now it's their turn. First of all, the goblin that is pinned under the chest uses its entire turn to push the strong box off it mm-hmm. and then that's really it yeah, that's all it can do it kind of really irritatingly like whips out a short sword and that's all it can do mm-hmm. uh, the other one is going to leap out with a short sword and is going to make an attack on the illusionary halfling mm-hmm. idiot so <laughs> what's funny is it misses the illusionary halfling <laughs> so it's probably not going to know that it's an illusion because it, 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 it rolled it rolled an 8 which is which means it wouldn't even have gotten in the ballpark so yeah, it would wouldn't be like it passes through the armor of the halfling. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, it, it short swords clangs against the side of the carriage and the halfling, I imagine, just sort of sits there mockingly. The bugbear raises its mace up in the air and says, this is how it's done, and goes to bring its mace down on top of the illusionary halfling. Mm-hmm. It would hit the halfling, of yes. course, completely wasting its action, yes. mind you. But at the very least now, I believe that it is aware that it's an illusion, right? Because it goes right through it. And there doesn't appear to be a provision for, uh, for that happening. Well, I think that's the... Gen- uh, general rule with illusions the, the, the way I normally play it is if you spend an action or whatever interacting with it like if you, mm-hmm. if you, if you hit it and it clearly goes through you, you yep. kind of know that it's an illusion then I'm fine with that but it's still wasted a turn right yeah Actually, that's what but, yeah, I I'm, I'm good with it. Both of them have. So that's their entire turn wasted. Jez, your turn. So you got the two goblins and you have the bugbear still. Yeah, I'm going to go for the other goblin. Great. Now, the one that has it, that is in the carriage or the one that's out now with a short sword? Uh, he was the one that was pinned. Correct, yeah, yes. So I'm going to go for the, the one with the short sword. Great. Uh, again, I'm going to use my crossbow. Of course. Uh, it's only seven to hit. You do have inspiration. Oh, do I? Oh, no, I've already spent that Oh, one. okay. Then. Did you... So you have gotten back your inspiration oh, after I? after role-playing with uh, Nevercott and mm. arranging that whole thing. So everyone... everyone you've, had two, you've had two points of inspiration okay. so far. You've spent... One and natural there. 20 on the... Wow, okay. So that will definitely hit. And then it doubles my dice, does it not? So it's, well, yeah, well, it's a, yeah, it's a D8 and a D6. So 2D8 and 2D6. I think we have a dead goblin, but we'll see. Whoa, that's really good. Yes. Uh, somebody math for me. 
That's 11, that's 21 plus. Wow. 24. Oh my goodness. So I, I imagine it's kind of like a, it's like a trick shot. It rebounds off the wall. There's a little spark that flies and it just goes straight through the forehead of the goblin that's outside next to the illusionary halfling. Mm-hmm. It falls to the ground stone cold dead. That is going to be Lyle's turn. Is the bugbear still in the carriage? No, it, it, it's outside the carriage. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. All right. In that case, I'm going to, it knows it's an illusion, therefore I don't think I'm getting the advantage attacks anymore. No. Correct. Right. All right, cool. So there's no point in uh, suspending uh, the illusion for the for the moment. Fair enough. All right. So in this case, what I'm going to do is basically uh, just hover and harass, which is to say I'm within its uh, within its range, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. using the dodge action. Great. With a view that um, if um, Jez can uh, get at it with another sneak attack, that would be good. Yeah, absolutely. No worries at all. Perfect. Okay. So you just get up in its face, start waving your weapon around. Yeah. Just stick yeah, and, stick, it. stick and moving. Jeer- at it. Fantastic. Yep. Hurst. Alright. Hurst is going to have another crack at the uh, bugbear. Because okay. that's basically all that's left. Mm-hmm. Towering um, above you, this seven foot orangey yellow furred goblinoid monstrosity with a gigantic spike club glowers down at you. I mean, you're, it's not terribly taller than you, to be honest. Yeah, Hurst is pretty big. Uh, I'm just going to poison spray again because I'm not going to waste a spell slot on this thing. Fantastic. And that's, save. An, that's another fail. It fails miserably. <sighs> and poison spray does the most damage out of my cantrips. Yes. There we go. That's better. Ten damage. Wow. Okay, that's a damn good start. So the acid, the poison, kind of it's poison, not acid. So so the poison just kind of corrupts half of its face. It screams out in pain. There's a little. There's a little bit of an acidic quality to yeah. it, in the sense that there's a bit of like the, the, the stench of bubbling flesh, like a like a chemical burn. But I, I assume that Hurst's interpretation of poison spray, if there is an interpretation of it, but it's some sort oh, of, of like using some sort of like you know emitted poison sort of spit kind of thing almost. But it's like absolutely like it's not like the big like fantastical green gas surrounds their face. No, very I think I said that last uh, last session. That's but I'm good. changing it. Okay, so <laughs> at this point now, the bugbear is going to. Go to act. It uh, roars in pain and swings its club above its head, crashing it down on Hurst. Definitely, definitely hitting and wounding Hurst for... Uh, what? Oh my. Uh, 16 damage. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> I'm sorry. It, uh, it's 2d8 plus 2. Uh, and I rolled a... You didn't change shape, did you? Uh, Hurst no. did not. Hurst is still in Hurst form. Okay. Hurst so, is on one hit point. Well, that's something. Okay, yeah. so that's fine. So uh, the way I describe hit points is like everything down to your first hit die uh, isn't meat. It's mostly just stamina, but that, yeah. that, that's definitely a hit. So the way this mm. works is you, you try to block with your shield, but like it just smashes into your shield, which smashes into your I don't face. get my shield up in time. No. Mm-hmm. Well, you do, but it, it, it's not strong enough. And so you basically almost smack yourself in the face with the shield and you crash up against the back of the carrot. So it kind of just mm. pins you, and you, you you almost bounce off the carriage and are un- unstable and unsteady. It's definitely wrong, my bell. You mm. yeah, you, you have a loose tooth and you spit out some blood. That is going to be the other little goblin's turn. Oh. If I take another one of those in one turn, that's like permadeath. Uh, believe so. Yes, no, it is. Believe me, yeah. because Tom has permadeath. My characters before. Yes, correct. So. The little goblin inside the carriage, now with his short sword out, is going to sc- run screaming and leap on- leap from the strong box and is going to attack Hurst as well, since, you're, Hurst. since yep. you're, you're already wounded, and is going to try to double down on that. Would you please go ahead and take five damage? Uh, Hurst is down. So the way this works is the goblin leaps out and just slashes you across the face. You have a big open gash on your cheek, but what this really does is it makes you back off when you crack your head on the side of the carriage mm. and you fall to the ground unconscious. Right. 
Jez, your turn. Hearst is down. Yeah, so I'm going to... Uh, Jez is going to kind of try to run up and slide to Hearst's side and um, pour a health potion down his gullet. Fantastic. So that's so these particular health potions are good stuff. Are, are you using the ones from... <laughs> the funny uh, one. Yeah. <laughs> from Fala? Uh Yeah, no, I've, I've got three health potions at the moment. So just, just the, uh, one of the ones that we got from the previous session. That's okay. I will I will say that, I mean, it's important to know whether or not they're Fala's though. Because no, Fala's... no, no. Well, there's two that... I believe there was two from Fala that were normal. Yeah. Normal, And then yes. there was one funny one. Okay, I'm yes. Ke- I'm keeping the funny one for another occasion. Sounds good to me. I think we also picked up one uh, from the City One during the second adventure. Yeah, you did. I believe yes. that that's the one that I had left over, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Fowler's are just pretty good, so you, it'll be 2d8 plus 5 damage that Hurst will heal now. Would you please roll that, Nadia, since you're administering? Okay. 2d8 plus what, sorry? Plus 5. Um, 13. 13, okay, great. So you now heal 13 points of damage. Now, you still have a cunning action, uh, Jez, so what you could you still have some movement left so you could disengage and just back off 10 feet just so you're not you know in the immediate zone yeah may as well so you do that you you nip in you pull a potion down Hurst's throat who (gasps) wakes up with a gasp and then you just I imagine would you kind of back away disengaging by doing like a little backflip or a back roll type thing or are you a bit more less fancy a bit more just kind of duck and move yeah she's just kind of a quick mover basically you sort of scramble back really really efficiently that's awesome Mm -hmm. alright so we still got this goblin up as well yeah this Goblin's wounded though. They don't forget it had the strong box. Yeah. Crush it partially. So right. it's wheezing and huffing. No, that's the one that I killed previously. No, no, that was one that came out first and was there with a short sword. The one that was in the wagon wasn't mm-hmm. the one that you. That you okay, had. so you're still up. Well, we might deal with him first then. All right. So moving away from harassing. Oh, actually, if I move away to attack the goblin, am I provoking attack of opportunity? Not at all. You can say within its melee range. You just kind of move around yep. around around it, keeping within range and attack the goblin. All right. Sweet. In which case, yes. I'll turn my attention towards the goblin and less so harassing the uh, <laughs> The goblin is in the middle of a victory pose after knocking Hurst out, Hurst out just kind of like raising its short sword in the air going yeah! Alright and I'll spend inspiration Christ I don't like this is not going well Seven isn't going to hit it it, it, it will not, so no. Nope. All right. Well, okay, that happens. And you spend inspiration? Yeah. Oh, my. All right, then. I got well. two. I got two. Um, and then inspiration got me a three. So you have your little mace. Is that correct? Uh, dagger. Dagger. So you, you lunge out with the dagger. The goblin yep. just sort of sidesteps and deftly knocks your blade away. Then it's going to be Hurst's turn. You are prone, but you are healed and awake. All right. Hurst will get up. Yes. Feel inclined to use the spell slot now? Um, I mean, I can use the spell slot to heal myself. Oh, I don't need to, though. You, you lurched, very much you lurched to your feet. Um, the problem is, is that the only really damaging spell I have is Thunder Wave. And that seems like a bit of overkill for this situation. Yeah, for frogs only. <laughs> well, it's just, it's a crowd control spell and there's a bugbear and a goblin. And the goblins just sort of intercept. Uh, Hurst will take a step back. Okay. Like, so use half his his move to get up, take a step back, Mm -hmm. and just gas the goblin in the face. Sure. Sounds good. So, con save for the goblin. Con save for the goblin. Goblin will fail, but not not miserably. Uh, Your DC is higher than 12, I imagine. The DC? Yeah, your spell DC. Uh, I think it's 12. Oh, okay. It is 12. Oh, sorry, pardon me. The The goblin succeeds then. 
Oh, pardon me, pardon me. Uh, so the the acid, the poison spray just—it's just too. You're too tall. Mm-hmm. Like you're trying to do it, and then you mm-hmm. you can't at the at the last minute. You realize that you can't spray the poison without also getting Kyle, mm-hmm. Lyle, sorry. Thanks. And so and so you sort of self-correct a little bit too much, and it misses and hisses into the wagon's wheel. That is then going to be their turn. So mm-hmm. Bugbear is just—I'm sorry, Hurst is going to have another swing at yourself. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, her story looks kind of wooden and such. He's going to have a go at Kyle now. Lyle. Lyle, sorry. The bugbear turns its attention to Lyle. Damn. And unless I'm mistaken, it still has disadvantage because you took the dodge action. I took a dodge action in the previous turn. Okay, that's good to know. Oh my. So your armor class is uh, still 14, I believe? Yep. That will be a hit, sir. Alright. So, ooh, 11. That takes me down. So exactly your... Sorry. Yep. <laughs> That's, so, uh, basically, with a backhand swing, it, mm-hmm. it just clips you on the top of the head. You see white, and then you see darkness, and you're unconscious. Okay, so, theory me. Now, the goblin is going to double down, and it took you out once Hearst is going to try and do so again. So, stepping forward, it tries to brutally stab upwards towards your groin region, considering that you are so much taller than it. It misses, thankfully. And then that's going to be Jez's turn. Jez, Lyle is down. Hers is wounded. <sighs> Honestly... Deal, no, deal with the thing first, I think, if you can. Are you sure? Yeah, especially because Hurst is in proximity to the bugbear, you'll get sneak attack benefit. Yes. Okay, alright, so... Uh, that'll, uh, yeah, okay. Uh, that'll be, that'll be a hit. I'll just do the short sword, I think, this time. Okay, you get step forward and go to plunge the short sword with a sneak attack. A backstab, I imagine. Into yes. The, into the back, into the bugbear, that that um, hits. And then it's 2d6 Six. for my sneak or stealth attack. That is correct. Plus um, your dex, of course. Yes, it's 12. Wow, okay. You stick your short sword deeply into this thing's back. It is severely wounded. Uh, you can see that it was already a little bit, a little little bit hurt from whatever battle it had on this carriage so it's out now looking very wounded indeed it's it's it stumbles and you can feel it start to start to fall before it corrects itself and plants a big hairy paw on the carriage to right itself before falling over it is very very wounded but still up and still up and about that is in Lyle's turn uh Lyle needs to make a death save yes he does uh 15 yeah that is one success mm-hmm. that is then going to be Hurst's turn shit the bugbear is probably the bigger problem most yes. certainly both figuratively and literally yeah all right poison spray the bugbear sounds good to me fail Alright. Uh, seven poison damage. It is dead. So the poison spray goes into its mouth, it, it coughs and chokes and just kind of like... And then just with a mighty crash, plummets down to the ground dead. It's then the goblin's turn. The goblin is just going to run, but it's going to provoke an attack of opportunity from both of you. Because it, it just has no choice. If it stays, it will die. If it runs, it might be able Not to. Not to metagame, but it could disengage if it's actually... <gasps> oh, I'm so sorry. You are, you are entirely correct. It will do exactly that. So, it disengages and then moves 30 feet up the alleyway, basically stumbling and scrambling. Yeah. That is then Jez's turn, who I imagine is going to try and shoot this fleeing goblin. Yes, indeed. Uh, yes, that's not good. Eight. Eight. No, no, that, no. that is a miss. No, nothing else I can do there. The crossbow bolt goes wild and clatters off the alleyway. Mm. Lyle's turn. Alright, second death save. Second death save. Someone help Lyle. That's a fail. <laughs> that's a fail. Okay, so one one success and one failure. Hurst. Hurst stands over Lyle. I hold the power of life and death in my hands. <laughs> um, I mean, Lyle's not going anywhere and I want to grab this goblin. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, thorn whip I'm gonna thorn whip the goblin. Cool. It's 30 feet away. <laughs> yeah, it's alright. You, so you, so you, you, you move and, and thorn no, whip. No, I don't need to. I've got 30 foot reach. Oh, okay. Fine. Yeah. Sounds good. Thorn whip. So, a thorny whip, a thorn covered vine. Oh, I'm gonna re-roll that. I'm yeah. gonna spell them. Uh, use one of my inspiration to re-roll that because that was a one. 
All right, I'm sure my spell attack bonus isn't just plus four. No, it is, okay. Shit, I am jack of all trades and the master of none. That's okay. Uh, but I assume that a 22 hits anyway. It most certainly does. Any damage, it, does it do a minimum of one damage, I imagine? Yeah, 1d6. Good. In which case, the thorn whip kills this goblin, taking its head off its shoulders. Ooh. Blood sprays in the alleyway. It's going for its leg, but I guess it's so short that it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell. It's hard, it's hard to aim. You are victorious uh, for now. So, a bunch of things happening very quickly at once. First of all, Lyle is dying. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but... now, 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 you don't need necessarily to spend a healing potion. You can try to stabilize using medicine if you have it. I don't think that I do. No, I don't have medicine. Do you? Nope. Hurst um, does not. So I, have, I, just, I have literally healing word, though. Well, up to you. You can use a potion or you can use one of your spells. Either way, he's probably going to need something. Yeah, I'll use uh, healing word. Okay, Thank you. you speak the healing word, and the healing Miles. word is. Don't, no, I guess I was going to say the healing word is "Don't you die on me?" But that's multiple words. <laughs> it is. The second thing I will point uh, out. So sorry, real quick. That's six healing for Thank you. Thank you. Great. Sorry, <gasps> Lyle, you you wake up in the alleyway. Looking around, you can see there are clearly. Two, two dead mercenaries, two dead human mercenaries um, that are in the back of the carriage. There is that big mm-hmm. iron strong box, which is about a, about three feet across and yeah. about two feet wide. Correct me if I'm wrong, but we also heard the sounds of like screams or cries of alarm from up further along the road. Uh, no, that was from the edge of the alleyway after uh, the carriage went through and knocked the stall over and you yeah. know tore around the corner into the alley, uh, knocking that poor woman yep. uh, asunder. Okay. Uh, and then people people were in the alleyway which have run out into the street right. you imagine the city watch will be along very shortly but you know okay. they're not teleporters they kind of all just appear probably have some time so um, I'll quickly you know, while I'm tending to uh, Lyle just uh, see if you can see what they were trying to take uh, yeah go to the lockbox okay sounds good to me is it locked It's it sure is not just a clever name do you want to try a sleight of hand uh, uh, thievery tools thie- yes thieves tools sorry yes thievery tools you are proficient 22. Oh my gosh. You absolutely managed to unlock this mechanism so perfectly that when the trap is sprung, you will have advantage on your dexterity saving throw. <laughs> as the spring-loaded poison sprays out. 21. You deftly step out of the way, and you can see this poison would not have been pleasant at all. Like, it burns through the cobblestones under your feet. Oh, I've got to remember to check things like that next time. Um, got a bit lucky. Absolutely. What have we got? When you open it up, you can see that there is a live winged snake. A black snake with wings that goes to fly away immediately. Oh, shit. Give me a dexterity saving throw. Saving throw? Well, just because it's a reaction, 20. you know? Yeah, you, you can grab it if you want. Yes. You grab, you grab it. I grab it and I put it back into the box. It has a little message uh, wrapped around its tail, which is often the case with these. That's actually what the Zentarum use them for, is messenger oh, messengers. Okay. Uh, however, in the box, you can see that there, there, there is also a small folded letter. There's nothing else in the box, though. Well, then I, I grab the snake, I grab the letter and the message, okay. and then I kind of try to hand the snake to Lyle and just be like, can you do something about this? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it squirms a little bit, but seems to be re- relatively compliant. Like it, 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 it's just... trained not to immediately Well, I'll, I'll do an animal handling then sure. and um, see if I can get it to calm down. I have oh. a natural 20. Yeah, it's fine. You just you stroke it New and friend. it's just like... It, just, it, 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 just, it actually just looks really compliant and just wraps around your hand. I just kind of hold my arm out and I'm just like, oh, that's new. It, okay. it fidgets and flaps its little bat wings, but then just sort of settles down. I don't know. It's kind of cute. What do you think? Oh, you? Oh no, you're not planning on. 
Why not? Uh, Can't get myself a griffin. I can at least get myself a flying snake. Well, if we're, get, if we're going to do that, we probably should be going now. Yeah, you hear the you hear the pitter patter of the city watch approaching. Let's get out all. We've got some messages here too. Lyle, you know that if you cut to the back of this alleyway, you'll be able to scramble over a short fence and be out and away. Excellent. That's exactly where I direct out direct ourselves. Fantastic. So, uh, assuming that you all scarper, you make your way to the. Actually, I mean, are we going to? Do you want to loot? Do you, do you want to risk wasting the time no. to loot the bodies? No, they no. won't have much on them. No, that's true. But you know, let's, there's some. Yeah, let's not. Okay, you leave. You get to the end of the alleyway. You you hook a left. You cl- clamber over a small, partially ruined wooden fence that blocks off the left. Uh, side of the t-section you walk through somebody's uh, backyard that has some laundry hanging on the line mm-hmm. and uh, soon you're back onto the street proper alright making your way nonchalantly towards Blackstaff are we uh, you now like a member of the Zentarum if you've got one of the mascots oh, <laughs> oh yeah no we're official about that I'll um I'll kind of like just you know suggest he he kind of slithers into the the inside of my robe in fact the snake seems to be trained to do exactly that to hide itself Mm -hmm. so it slithers up your arm and is soon basically just like tucked under your under your arm wrapped around very still let's have a look at these letters then I think I think so too Uh, yeah we'll take a look at the message okay so the the message first of all is very simple it simply states the trap is sprung consider it success Mm, interesting. All right, and then let's take a look at the letter. So the letter says, Did you really suspect that it would be here? You fools. Ah. If you mess with the black network, you are doomed to failure. Treaties, talks are still on the table. Ooh. Send word. Ooh. I assume that's not for us. That would be a reasonable assumption. But it sounds like someone... It sounds like uh, the Xenathars just got played. And it sounds like the Zentarum are still willing to negotiate. Hmm. About what, I wonder? That is the question. So, <laughs> I mean... Yeah. Any, anything else you want to say in character as you're doing a little walk? Oh, I'm kind of sore right now. Oh, you want to talk about sore? I feel Thanks, great. Thanks, by the way. Yeah, you're welcome. Mm. I feel like I just woke up from a nap. And you also got yourself a free snake in the in the deal. Yeah, I don't quite know what I'm going to do with this. Mm. Maybe you can keep our bartender company or something. Send messages. Well, again, it seems like we're kind of picking a side if we're doing that. But don't really want to associate with the Zentarum. Well, we'll see how we we'll see what we can do with it. At the very least, it might be useful. A winged snake. Damn it, I got that before. It's cool. All right. It's a new friend. Let's find out what's going on uh, with why Blackstaff would want us three. Indeed. So, with that, you continue on your journey. The winding streets lead mm-hmm. up into the castle wall, the most resplendent of all the suburbs. It is where most of the government buildings are. It is the home of both Castle Waterdeep and also Pedagon's Palace, which are two very distinctly different buildings. Then there's, there's also other larger um, you know, temples and government buildings and so forth here as well. Uh, this isn't quite like the noble district. That's more the, uh, there's a couple of other wards. Actually, the, the north ward where you are in has a lot of, uh, a few noble residences and so forth. And then there's the sea ward where a lot of the noble business goes on. But the castle ward is mostly sort of the, the older buildings. It was one of the first ones that was um, constructed, obviously, around the castle originally. Mm. Next to that, you can see the huge bay the huge Waterdeep Harbour stretching out below you as your altitude increases ever more. Soon you come upon the base of Blackstaff Tower. So Blackstaff Tower appears to be effectively a featureless Blackstone Tower. It only looks to be, from the outside, about four stories tall, maybe 60 feet high at the most, and it's surrounded by a 20-foot 
Blackstone Wall, which once again is featureless. And when I say featureless, I, I mean there are no windows, there are no doors, there is no apparent entrance <laughs> to the actual wall surrounding <laughs> the tower itself. Keeps the solicitors at bay. It's made of smooth black stone. Uh, basically, it's three or four stories at the most, and uh, there's, there doesn't appear to be anybody home. There is no activity that you can see. Not that you can see past the wall anyway. People tend to give the tower reasonably wide berth. It, it goes past a small stream that cuts through the city. Mm-hmm. There aren't there aren't a lot of people on the street nearby. Surrounding you, you can just see that there's a, a bunch of larger tenement buildings and other you know small businesses and a couple of government structures. So as you approach, mm-hmm. what do you do when you arrive at the tower? The, the wall blocks your entrance. Am I? Taking another look at the scroll delivered, is mm-hmm. there any instructions as to such a thing? There is not. Just assumed. Uh, but do you do you take out said scroll? Yes, I do. Well, in order to take a look and see what the message is. Of course. As you take it out, all of a sudden, the gate appears in the front of the of the of the tower wall. It is a black metal looking gate, which mm-hmm. both appears and then swings open. Hmm. Oh, did you know that it would do that? Yes, of course. Oh, you're a pretty smart fellow, actually. Well, yeah, you know, you live on the streets as long as I do. You know all about all kinds of things. Right. Teach with a few things along the way. Well done. Thanks. All right, should we go? So when you when you walk inside, I guess, the courtyard uh, surrounding it, so that, first of all, there's about uh, 40 feet gap between the wall and the base of the tower itself, at least. Probably about closer to 50 feet gap. And it's really just unremarkable flagstones. There's a couple of benches here and there. You can see in the corner, not in the corner, I guess uh, more accurate to say to your left as you walk in, that there is a uh, a short grey-haired female dwarf that is in black wizardly robes. Uh, she appears to be instructing a mm-hmm. young human uh, Tarami lad. So he's a dark-skinned boy of maybe about 14 or so who is dressed in essentially what looks to be white kind of apprentice wizard robes you know they're thick they're thick and woolen and they look similar to a medieval monk's robes right they're very kind of voluminous and uh, heavy looking and uh, he is sitting there currently she sits there holding in her hand a candle and he just sort of sits there sweating and pointing his finger at the candle so she says all right now come on continue light the flame light the flame damn it light the flame you can do it light the flame (laughs) Light the damn flame! I'm trying to light the flame! I know you're trying to light the flame. How about you succeed in lighting the flame? Wouldn't that be better? Isn't it better to succeed than to fail? I think so. As you as you walk in, Fair enough. Uh, she stops and sits up and turns and says, Ah, thank all the gods there's a reason to take a break. And she turns and walks over to you and says, Hello, you have business here, I assume, since the gate opened for you? We do. Excellent. Are you... Sorry, you are? Uh, you first. Oh, well, okay, fine. I am Lyle Hedgehalf. These are, uh... My associates, Jess Locke. Nice and to meet you. Hurst. Hi. Do you have a last name, Hurst? Probably. Never really thought about it much. No. No. All right. <laughs> we were good chat. Know, We were handed this by way of messenger. So she leans forward and takes the scroll from you and says, "Oh, a personal summons from the Black Staff herself. That's uh, very prestigious indeed. Wait right here. I'll go and fetch her. Well, I'll go and see if she'll see you." She she corrects herself before walking off. All right. So she walks to the front door. I which came all this way. The door appears in the side of Blackstaff Tower, and this uh, elderly dwarf makes her way inside briskly. You are not waiting long. In fact, probably maybe about two or three minutes after she disappears into the door, you just hear a woman's voice behind you, as, a, as if appearing from nowhere. Okay. And turning around, you can see the Blackstaff herself, Vajra Safar, who even a 
re relative amount of uh, you know common knowledge would alert you to the fact of her of her name. So she is a very dark-skinned Tetherian woman. So so she has curly hair that run that hangs in a mop around her very pleasant features. She has uh, essentially just dark clothing, but with a reasonably tanned leather jacket over the top of said dark clothing. She clutches a spell book in her gloved left hand, and she carries the black staff. This seven foot tall black onyx looking construction that has uh, something approaching a bird's head shape on the end of it. So she looks you up and down and uh, looks uh, looks at you with her very green eyes and says, hello, th thanks for agreeing to meet me. Raynar speaks highly of you. Yeah, I mean, I know uh, wizards can communicate quickly, but news travels especially fast, it seems. Well, when I heard that he'd been rescued and captured for a time, I was concerned. He rescued me once. That's how we came to know each other. So I wanted to make sure that he was safe and sound and that those responsible were taken care of. Well, it looks like we're all just paying it forward then, aren't we? We do good work. What can we do for you? Well, are you aware of my organization that I run, Force Grey, what they do? We've heard of them? Giant Hunters? She frowns and says, actually, recently there has been some activity in that regard. But no, so to put it bluntly, Force Grey handles what the City Watch and the City Guard cannot, either mm. because they have to act in secret or because they have to have certain skills that are above both the City Guard and the City Watch. Think of us like we are to the protection and law enforcement in the city what adventurers and heroes are to regular mercenaries and soldiers. We are the elite force. All we want is to make sure that all the citizens of Waterdeep are safe and sound. We occasionally have to work outside or adjacent to the law hmm. and we require people with the abilities that and skill levels that are not often found in rank and file soldiers and law enforcement it sounds like us indeed so the people that serve force gray themselves being more of an elite strike force are the gray hands Mm -hmm. As far as being selected for a grey hand, all you really need to have is Waterdeep's best interests at heart and be relatively benevolent folk who have some skill and aptitude and be trustworthy. Raynar speaks for you, mm -hmm. and so I would extend an offer to join my grey hands. I'll take a look over to Hurst and uh, Jess. Before you decide, allow me to explain in full what this would mean. It would mean that you would need to make yourself available for a total of 30 hours every month. You would receive a wage of 300 gold per month, regardless of what little or extravagant activities you are called upon to do. It will not interfere with any of your other business or adventuring careers. That seems to be very important for many members. If something of great urgency arises, then it will be expected that you take priority with the Grey Hands over whatever else it is that you are doing, but for the most part, you'll be engaging in much the same things that you would normally. Jobs and bounties on top of your regular wage will of course be negotiated on a job-by-job -job basis. All right, so what's the, really the, the point of this then? What's what's your game? Well, my game is to have people working for me that can solve problems I can't be everywhere at once and neither can force Grey. The Grey Hands help the security of the city. Help the security of the city. Yeah, look after people's well-being, hunt down monsters, uncover villains, find out information that could potentially lead to threats to the city and its people. No offense, but that all sounds a little bit naive. I taking a bit of a step back from Jess here. <laughs> no, no, I don't mean to be rude. It's um, just okay. it seems Good. all very uh, all very nice, really. It just seems like you're just doing nice things. She says, "Well, surely you don't want the city to fall to evil." 
or I've just found that people who do nice things tend to have, you know, a bit more of an agenda most of the time. Well, as a point of Blackstaff, it is very much my job to make sure the Waterdeep is safe and sound. Also, I love this city and the people within it. We should discuss it with uh, the rest of our companions who are otherwise engaged in other pursuits. I know for one that Izzy would be thrilled to meet someone of your personage. <laughs> she nods and says, uh, Tales of my exploits are severely exaggerated, but I will happily meet with uh, your entire group. They were, you were all recommended. Mm. And know that not everyone that works for me is exactly benevolent or even necessarily good people. They do get paid, after all. I'm just going to do a quick insight check on her. Whether you... Oh, that's not very good. Six. <laughs> she is a person. She's a person. Hey, whether you do it for the good of the city or whether you do it for money, I don't care. As long as you get the job done. All right. That seems a little bit more reasonable. Speaking of which, I have an audition job for you if you're willing to look into it. It won't take you long. All right, tell us about it. I'm not saying that we'll commit to it at this stage, but we can at least know. There's 450 gold in it for you if you do. Please do tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> she smiles and says, just have to know how to ask everyone. Don't worry, I was an adventurer myself. I understand the mercenary nature of the job. Hey, it helps me as well. So, have you ever heard of Hlam? Hlam. Hlam. She says very pointedly. Obviously not. No, can't hmm. pronounce it either. Okay, well, I wouldn't try. It's rather difficult. Hlam is a monk, a very wise and a very powerful monk that resides in a cave in a secluded lifestyle on Mount Waterdeep. He is, how can I put this, eccentric, but also very very prophetic. He often has prophecies and visions of things to come. I believe that he has some information that could be potentially helpful. I want to see if he is... I have a bad feeling about things going on in the city. I sense something at foot that is more than just this petty gang war that's going on between the Xanathar Guild and the Zentarum. I want to see if he has any more information to share from his visions. I need someone to simply travel to his cave, speak to him, see if he has foreseen anything useful, and report back to me. Seems like an awful lot of money to go for a nice stroll to go speak with a monk in a cave. It's also to make sure, to ensure your loyalty. And also, I suspect that at certain points Mount Waterdeep can be potentially dangerous. I see. Quick question about the monk. Yes. Would he be open to being spoken with? As long as you are polite and do not overstay your welcome. Well, that's us in trouble. Hmm. How polite are we talking here? Well, he's very odd. He is a very wise, very old man. He is eccentric, but good-natured ultimately. He's just also very, very strange. All right. And Hurst, how familiar are you with the, the area surrounding the city? Uh, I had a look around out there. I can probably be of use. Well, Mount Waterdeep would certainly be one of the few, you know, rural, um, I guess, nature environments in the city, which would be a nice refreshing change for you, <laughs> getting out of the actual city city. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be all right with it. So Vajra looks you up and down and says, you look uh, a little worse for wear. Have you encountered any trouble today? Why do you smell of beer? <laughs> Oh, he always smells like that. I've had a long day. It's not even over yet. She, she leans forward and says, listen, Whatever helps you forget the horrors of the darkest depths that we delve into is none of my business. If your solution is alcohol, that's better than many I've seen. But listen, she hands you two vials, two potions. Okay. Oh, excellent. One is cure poison and the other is healing. Mm. I find that out of all potions that adventurers use, those are often the most useful. By the way, for as long as you work for Force Grey and the Grey Hands and keep in my good graces. If you need to purchase any magical items, you're entitled to a 20% discount. 
Interesting. Okay. Well, listen, I'm not saying we'll sign up with your little affair, but... I'm not saying um, we'll have you yet until you complete this task and I hear from well, Klom how you went. Well, all right. Well, you, you hear that's, from that's, that's, I think, I think that's probably all that we want to delve too much into. Okay. Well, you too, what do you think? I think at the moment we're not really in a position for saying no, we need the cash. That's true. Hurst? Yeah, seems fine. All right. Well, my enthusiastic friends here have agreed that this is something we can put on our list. Well, then that's the best I can ask for. No hard feelings if you decide not to take up this task ultimately, but if after three days you still do not wish to do this, then please let me know so I can outsource it to somebody else. That's fair. She just gives a, a little grim nod and says, All right then, thank you for coming. I hope to hear from you soon. I'll speak soon. With that, she just, uh, it's just gone. I mean, there, there's no, <laughs> she, there's no flash, there's no pomp, there's no burst of uh, bamf and smell of brimstone. She is there one second and then she's not. So she was probably an illusion and wasn't here in the first place. Neat trick. Save some time, but also we should probably uh, refrain from antagonising one of the powers of the city, like oh. to their face. I was just wondering what her game was. You know, I don't meet too many people on the actual up and up. She sounds like she's legit, but it's just one of those things, you know. Often there's not too many people who do things just for the, you know, the good of their own heart. I don't know. Call me, call Cynic. me uh, cynical. That's been my experience. That's fair enough. I'm just saying that if we're going to offer a critique, let's not say let's let's do it behind their back. Uh, okay. <laughs> I can do that. Yeah. All right. So what are you doing? Are you making your way to Mount Waterdeep? Uh, depends. We want to knock this on the head now, remembering that we do have uh, evening engagement. What time is it? Uh, at the present time, it would be about mid-afternoon. It would be a good couple of hours to get up there and get back, but you could yeah. still, be, still be back before before uh, evening. I I personally think it would be a better idea if we um, save it for maybe tomorrow, predominantly because we need the rest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to, uh, I agree. Yeah, and also we don't want to uh, antagonize uh, both our... Uh, Carpenter and our um, metalworking friend, as well as the haberdash, as well as the tailor spy that we're dealing with. Well, in that case, uh, did you want to make your way back to? What we could do is make our way back to Trollskull Manor and try to make it a little bit more <laughs> appealing. Agreed. In the meantime. Or actually, I mean, actually, sorry. Now that I think of it, did you want to maybe? deal with that flipping hostage situation well that God, is, because, because yeah, that's, that's on that's on the list okay. that is all, yeah that is also because first of all that's that's right near where you are yeah one way or another won't take long yeah and uh, you know it's, it's, a, it's, it's kind a, of it's kind of pressing if a poor yeah. family's being held hostage I, I don't disagree it's a it's an absolute genuine concern that was something <laughs> I was thinking about over the break but the problem that I've also got is that I'm I'm running on cantrips at the moment and yeah. oh yes yeah we are still really tired so it's on the list, and they're clearly they're not being harmed, they're just being held hostage. Well, harm is, you know, relative. Yes. They're not being killed, um, they're just being held hostage, so I think we probably Plus, need that for tomorrow. we can well. also get some information out of, out of uh, Nevercott. Yes, yeah. abs- as absolutely. To, as to more of that situation. Most certainly, absolutely. Sounds good to me. Okay then, so, with that then, you had you are heading back to Troll Skull Alley, I believe, would yeah. that be fair to say? Good stuff, excellent. Mm-hmm. Alright then, so, you make your way all the way back down, you know, from the castle 
bustle ward, you walk through the city streets as it starts to get towards uh, mid-afternoon mid to late afternoon and so the fog, the spring fog starts to roll in and you've got that real old-time London town echoing <laughs> as your footsteps go down the cobblestones. Yes, yep. ma'am. I'd just like to say that on their way we pick up some cleaning supplies like some uh, scrubbing brushes and um, mops, and mops and buckets and all that kind of thing and try to grab the three kids as well. Oh, fantastic. That's we awesome. We have a little cleaning yeah. montage with our mm -hmm. urchins. That's great. Okay, so we'll say that you go back. So, so first of all, just one second, pardon me. I don't know, we just choose a room that's not... Yep. The let's, let's just do the tap room. I think it's probably the simplest way to cool. go at it. That sounds good. So you don't have a general goods store in Trollskull Manor. That's one thing that is missing, but that's okay really? because there's, there's quite a few, just a few suburbs yeah. over that are. So Excellent. we'll say that you will have a quick montage of you going to the general goods store and, you know, get, getting any basic goods that you'd like to get. I mean, if you're just looking for cleaning supplies and so forth, I mean, that's going to be a grand total of maybe five gold to get like a lot of really really good cleaning products that'll that'll actually probably you know last you for a little while as well you know mops buckets all that kind of thing mm. uh hammers and nails and all that sort of stuff you need to consolidate some money after this i think absolutely yeah. as the sun starts to set on the horizon and it's late afternoon and the fog is nicely shrouded with the orange and red glow of the setting sun you make your way back to Troll Skull Alley itself. Mm -hmm. You notice that the kids actually are running around uh, re really quite excitedly. And they look like they've been running around looking for you. Oh, oh. brats! <laughs> <laughs> so, they, so they all run up. And you can see that... Um, so first of all, Lyle, you, you notice to your, mm. to your great pleasure yes. that Nat is now sporting a little wooden symbol of Timora. Like hey. a, little, a little holy symbol around her neck. Let's go. And, and she just kind of puts her, puts, her, puts her fists on her hips and looks, and looks down at it as if to say, you know, hey, look at this. Yep. I, I, give, I give an approving nod and also hold up my symbol as well, just as a sign of approval. That's great. You notice Hurst. You notice that uh, Jenks, the little Tarami boy, who is very mm -hmm. fascinated with your magic and druid craft, he comes forward and he reaches into his little satchel and pulls out basically what looks to be a little potted flower. Um, it's kind of this rare blue flower, one that you haven't seen very much of. He says, I found this and I thought that you might like it because it's, it's, it's very rare. I don't, I don't know if it's magical, but I haven't seen one exactly like this before, so I assume it's probably going to be useful. Um, Hurst is like, doesn't re actually really know how to act, and he's like, ah, thank you, this is, yeah, this is, um, rare. It is. It's a nice uh, one, too. Never, never seen, uh, nothing like this before. He looks very pleased, but then, you know, gives it to you and, uh, hugs his little owlbear plushie in front of him. Squidly says, so, listen, we've been looking for you. Oh, yeah? What's yeah. Cool? Well, so here's the thing. Mr. Engelhart was looking looking uh, for any adventurers. He swears that he's got a monster trapped in his basement. Mr. Engelhart. Yeah. Yeah, he's points to a, a, re a residence nearby. Oh, okay. Do we know him? No, you've, you've not met him. Mr. Englehart, he's very old and he's a little bit muddled. And so the city watch went down there and they said that they couldn't find anything, but he swears the monster's back. It said it came back once the city watch left. He could be just making it up or he could be just a little crazy, but he'd really like some mercenaries or adventurers to come and uh, have a look at his basement. We should probably take a look at that. If he's got it stuck in the basement, that's not something I want to leave overnight. Yeah, all right. We can always go and have a look. At least we can make the old man a little bit more comfortable. He's a nice man. He'll occasionally give us uh, some uh, treats and candies and such. All right. Well, if you can vouch for the old codger, I think we can go and have a look at least. What do you have all that for? Squidly says, pointing to your cleaning products. Oh, yeah, well, here, here's the thing. 
we had some cleaning to do. Uh, mm -hmm. We had seen some guests over this evening, and now we have to go and look over this old man. So I think <laughs> you should help us out. Especially if we helped you out in the alley against that um, that blonde-haired guy. Oh, from the Zentara. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no worries at all. Well, I'll, I'll, we'll, look, we, we can clean. And he, and he signs furiously to Nat. Nat just like nods enthusiastically and just grabs a grabs a mop. There'll okay. be a little bit of silver in it for you, I but mostly so. we'll just keep you out of trouble for a couple of hours. I think. Even better. Let's go, and they'll run off. Alright, cool. They, they scamper off to Trollskull. As they run off, I yell at them which room to actually clean. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. So you just, go It's getting there, sun. It's mid afternoon, isn't it? Yes, exactly. Alright, just a very quick like wrap on the bar. Yes. To see if the poltergeist is um, back yet or no. Oh, okay. So you make your way to the uh, yeah. to the troll skull. Okay. So you, so you walk over to troll skull. You walk. You walk. Well, like, the kids beat you to it. They burst in through sure. the door. The door is now definitely off its hinges, um, and they they they're already starting to you know mm -hmm. clean and sweep and stuff like that. Uh, life actually looks very pleased and has manifested oh. in ghostly form and sits there nodding approvingly at the kids yeah. and, and pointing at certain things Excellent. that can be. That's, that's what I. That's ultimately what I want uh, for him to do. Just you know, uh, supervise. Life, yeah, essentially, life. Can, you just supervise. Make sure kids stay. Oh yeah. Stay on task. What needs to be cleaned and how? He nods and then and then he signs to Nat, who reply, who you know, um, the, the, and also Squidly. And Squidly says, "Oh, he wants to know why we're cleaning. We're not going to move in yet. Are, you're not going to move in yet, surely." We're having guests. Okay, so life just like like looks very interested and nods and then signs something. Squidly says, "Oh, in that case, he'll have a surprise for you." Okay, let's mm. just trust that that's not going to be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> So, so with that then, I also uh, I also just take a moment and um, kind of like shake the uh, snake out of my sleeve, mm -hmm. and I just kind of go and look at the snake and mm -hmm. I say, "You be good, keep our friends company," and then I uh, hand him to Jenks. Uh, so Jenks looks at it in fear and says, "That's his entire that's his entire snake. Well, They're bad." Okay. Well, first of all, I don't believe that winged snakes have any kind of political aff affiliation, so. And anyway, this one's good. He said he defected, so... <laughs> What's, what does defected mean? Uh, he's not bad anymore. Oh. He's a good snake, aren't you, buddy? I don't even know what his name is, so you should name him. <laughs> so, so Jenks takes the snake? Who, make sure you, make sure you boot the snoot. <laughs> so Jenks takes the snake, which sort of slides up and curls around his arm now, yeah. and he, he giggles and goes... <laughs> and says, he tickles. Maybe you're gonna kind of keep some, you know, us clear of rats. He could be our ratter. Squiddy leans forward and whispers something into Jenks' ear. He's not gonna bite me anywhere, especially not there. Ooh. And just like when like wanders off, and Squiddy just grins, <laughs> leave with his sharp teeth, and then and then picks up a mop and, and Nat, Nat is, so Nat is already sweeping and realizes the other two are not, and so just kind of. Mm -hmm. clicks and points to the mops which they now grab so with that you are soon walking towards the Engelhart residence which is a tenement building which has about three or four residences in it so you walk to the door that they pointed to it's off it's kind of off the main street you know like towards mm -hmm. the towards the end it's one down from the bookstore so you approach the door Yep. You've not even had a chance to knock on the door and the door is thrown open Ooh. and you can see a, a very, very elderly gentleman. He's a, an old uh, Tetherian chap. 
sorry, he looks like an you know elderly elderly mm-hmm. Hispanic man who looks who you know would be in perhaps his early eighties. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a little bit bent over. It's a nice, clean home. It looks to be somebody who you know was perhaps an artisan or a craftsman, but now retired type thing. So reasonably well off, upper upper middle class, as many of the houses here are. You know, he has that classic old person arrangements. He has a nice oil painting on the mm-hmm. wall, which looks like a family portrait. He has doilies and potted plants on the inside. But as soon as you open the door, he's like, Oh, you're here, finally! Oh, cool. I'm so glad! Please, the monster's in my basement! He just has a, a regular uh, blue suit on. It looks like he's dressed up, like to go out type thing. He has a, a nice polished cane and says, I'm late for a dinner engagement, but I can't leave a monster in my basement. All right, all right. Calm down, old man. Tell us a little bit about what's going on. Uh, 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 first of all, uh, are you, uh, are you, are you heroes? Are you adventurers? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Just well-known heroes. Yes. I, I don't think that the monster in my basement is a pushover. Let me tell you. It could hide and it made an awful noise and it smashed a cupboard and scared my cat. That's the worst of it. That's pretty standard for Danny. We've <laughs> you, seen this you, type you, of thing before. <laughs> he points at the he points at a fat ginger cat that is perched up on top of his cupboard who, yes. give, who gives almost a confirming meow. <laughs> an offensive, an offensive hiss. Well, that does sound just terrible, so... We've dealt with situations just like this. Don't worry, dragon, they're going to take care of it. Flick it a, <laughs> flick it a look, dragon. <laughs> so, so he walks over to the staircase and says, The city watch went down, but you know what? I think it hides from them. You, you have magic that you can detect. How many of you are wizards? All three? Uh, we have a detect magic scroll, but um, we none of us can read it right. Oh, well, you'll need. But no, actually, sorry. You, that was uh, out of game, I presume. Yeah, that was out of game. Sorry. No, that's okay. So just so just so you know how it works. I mean, you you need to have the scroll on your spell list. You are let into this man's house. He runs out onto the street and is calls out. Just deal with it, please. Oh, all right then. Can you get anyone inside him? Nope. <laughs> all right. Well, you certainly can. He's he's right there. I mean, I'm, I'm a, I'll give it a go. Yeah, Hurst is Hurst is just like uh, everything's happened today. Everyone's working for someone. Yeah, bad guys are everywhere. Ah, uh, ten. You believe he is a polymorphed dragon? No, I'm kidding. Well, no, he, certainly his cat. Yes, clearly. Ah, huh, eleven. Suck it. <laughs> he seems to be. Ge- he he seems to be genuine. Yeah. Okay. So we're like, all right, he's 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 probably he's probably just all right. Do we what downstairs? What is which one is which place is this? Is this the place with the people being held hostage or the monsters in the basement? This is the monster in the basement. All right. Well, all right. Let's have a look at this. All right. So the proposal is that Jez is going to try and insinuate herself into the basement with an attempt to uh, outhide the uh, creature. So right. in order to facilitate that, I am going to convey uh, Trix's blessing. Thank you. So as to gain advantage, and then further on to that, I'm going to give guidance. So you've got a bonus D4 that you can add before or after the roll. In light of that, I might actually take the opportunity to transform into a giant wolf spider. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's a cat reacting to that. The cat just actually just stares at you imperiously from on top of the cupboard. <laughs> cat don't give a shit. Yeah. Starts to clean itself. It's like 26. For stealth? Yeah. Okay. So what? Ha- so he has barred the door with a chair. Okay. You take you, you silently remove the chair from the door that leads down to the basement. You silently open the door and slip down into the shadows and the dark interior below. With your dark vision, you can see that's fine. You make your way down the stone stairs that lead only down a short way before you feel the cold of, you know, the average person's basement in front of you. It's a square room. It has, you know, some goods on the, on the side, some barrels and casks. Uh, a, cl- a closet or two. And because you have come down sneakily, 
you see a very, very strange activity. You can see that there is a large black rat that is currently using what appears to be a little piece of charcoal to scroll out an arcane symbol on the ground. It's halfway done. It holds it in its little paws and kind of like like scrapes and scrapes and draws and draws and draws. Like it's doing a strange, you know, like a mm-hmm. an arcane summoning circle or something. Right. I might assume that this is a person polymorphed or something then. You have no idea, but it looks like a large black rat. Hmm. I continue watching for a little bit longer. It, it just continues. It just continues to do the summoning circle. It looks like it's nearing its completion, but you think you've got a, at least a good few minutes, maybe even an hour before it's done. Um, Hurst will come in from to sneaking in at a 13, uh, but from the roof. Oh, as in spider climb, spider on the roof. Okay, great. So before Hurst, yeah. before before Hurst arrives, do you want to do anything, Jess? Because you're there first. No, I was going to come back and tell yeah, people that they're. I'm they're... waiting on your okay. You can still do it. Okay, cool. So I'll come back then and I'll tell. I'll just be like, "Where's Hurst?" Uh, he went. He turned into some sort of weird wolf-like thing and then went up to the roof. Well, I don't know what the... It's a spider ball that... It's not like a wolf... Like, in, in terms of the monkey, like yeah. a wolf spider is just a uh, furry spider. Oh, yeah. wow. Good times. At any rate, yeah. <laughs> I'm very sorry, Tom. Weird, it's a like, spider type of thing and then <laughs> vanished. All right. Well, there is something very weird going on in there. There is a rat cr- scrawling some kind of arcane symbol... So I suggest we go in there right now and break up whatever the hell's going on because it doesn't seem good. Sounds like a plan. All right. With that stealth check that you gave before, I will let you keep that and just return and try to sneak up on the rat and make a sneak attack if you're looking to do so. Yeah. Okay. Do I go straight into it? Yeah. All right. Let's do it. Why not? Um, so Hurst, by this point, you have now crawled to the ceiling and you, you are now perched above this weird rat. You are apparently not seen. You also, Jez, return with Lyle not too far behind. We'll say that, Lyle, you stay far enough back that you don't really Mm -hmm. have to make much of a stealth check, but, you know, you're going to be in there first, Jez. So you can see this little rat, once again, furiously working to kind of scrape this charcoal and draw this design. You rush up and are going to make a... So roll initiative, everyone, first of all. But this rat, this rat or whatever it is, is definitely going to be surprised. Uh, Hurst. 19. Wow. Yeah, Wolf Spider has decent uh, decks and a roll Wow. Four. Mm-hmm. And Jez. 19. Okay, who wants to go first out of you two? I, I guess Jez, because she's going forward, and then you can come in afterwards. Up mm-hmm. to you. That's where it works. When, when, you sure. sh- when you share initiative, it's... um. That's fine. Okay. Yeah. So I'll do a stealth attack then with my... How big is this rat? It's it's the size of... It's a big, it's a big fat, like, water rat. Like a like a, a big black you know uh, dock rat, but it's just a rat. Mm. Like, I'm just gonna a... try to grab it then. Actually, no. Okay. You know what I'll do? Is there a bucket or something down there? There is. <laughs> so I'll grab I'll grab a bucket and I'll just creep up on it, <laughs> and I'm just looking to slam the bucket down over the rat. Perfect. <laughs> if you put a bucket on their head, they can't see you stealing. So what am I actually shop. rolling to do that? Is well, that look, just it, an attack. It's an so improvised it, weapon. It, it's an improvised weapon, so it would just be an attack roll. Twenty-two. What twenty-two? Okay, you thump the bucket down on top of the rat, and you immediately hear like a screeching muttering and like this boom as as the rat clearly uh, just gets bigger inside the bucket. Where rat? Where rat? Ooh. And then that's going to be Hurst's turn. Looks like where's where's like rats? I don't know. I'm sitting on the bucket. Uh, Hurst will drop off the roof. Okay. And will bite the rat. So it's under the bucket right now. All of it. 
Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a bucket over oh. a rat. I don't know how you. I mean, you, you look it, ready in action. If, oh, yeah, if, all right, yeah, the, I'll, I'll ready in action to attack whatever is revealed by the bucket. Yes. Okay, perfect. It's turn. No, no, it's surprise. Pardon me, Lyle. All right, I will also ready in action in the eventuality that the bucket breaks, assuming that's like about one foot. Yes. So yeah, I'm going to cast mend. Great. Perfect. I, I like that a lot. Okay. Uh, so that is then going to be back around to the top of the round, Jez. I just kind of look around at everybody and I go, uh, what, what do we do now? Inside, inside you can hear this. Is it a language that we understand? Uh, do any of you speak Infernal? No. No. Okay. Well, yeah, okay. Lyle, you are Wait, a cleric. Well, you recognize what Infernal is. Yeah, like you don't understand it, but you're like, yeah, it's, whoa. Look, I don't, well, I know that word. You recognize what Infernal sounds like. Yeah. yeah, I don't it's think this is okay, the normal rat. This this rat does not this rat does not get a second chance. <laughs> All right, there is there is no rehabil- there is no rehabilitation for this rat. Oh yes, that classic D and D villain, the hell rat. So now, sorry, but Jez, it's very importantly. You, so you can say that that's fine. Have a have a you can you can hear that muttering in the in this uh, infernal tongue. However, you still hold that. you still hold the bucket over this thing. We do have a scroll of comprehend languages. We do have a spell. Do we want to use it? Can we use it? Do any of you? Why we can't? Do any of you have comprehend languages on your spell list? I believe cloaks do. Uh, may do. I don't have the ability to use a scroll right now. That's fair. You don't. Um. <laughs> do you think anybody would want to buy a rat that speaks infernal? Like, what's the market like for something like? <laughs> I, I, I think that uh, anything that wants to buy a rat that speaks infernal uh, should probably not be allowed to buy the rat that speaks infernal. <laughs> Just remember, we're still in combat, so what? Uh, Comprehend languages actually doesn't seem to be the province of a. Okay, so we can't really do anything. I'm just checking a look now. Yeah, Bard, Sorcerer, Warlock, Wizard. Oh, okay, there you go. Fair enough, fair enough. We don't have to, like, attack it, we could just continue to trap it. Or try to. Well, then we're in the situation we are now, which is to say we have trapped it, but we don't necessarily like, know. And what now? Um, the crossbow bolt that I have that is webbing. Yes. Uh, how long does the webbing last for? Oh, Ooh. an hour. Oh, an hour. Okay. Yeah. I'm not so impeded by webbing. So we could actually stand back and then I could That's like good. web up the bucket, basically, so do, that it becomes a... a little cage. So in your... So in your... So it doesn't get us... Doesn't get him We out just of take it. him with us somewhere. Are you or we'll pro- throw I, him in the river. So is your proposal Oh god, that's an interesting idea. Is your proposal then that we uh, so we get the cage off get the bucket off the ground, shoot the webbing at it, mm-hmm. trap it in the bucket that way. Mm-hmm. So you, okay, so just so I'm really clear, you want to you load your crossbow with the web arrow, yep. you want to just tilt the bucket up, yeah. stick the crossbow under so the tilted up. somebody has to do, tilt the bucket yeah. while I shoot it with the webbing yeah. arrow. Okay, like perfect. All right, so, okay, uh, let's give this a go. This right. seems like a poor idea, but I don't yeah, have any more. I couldn't agree more. I'm going I'm to say this is going to be a sleight of hand check. Oh, That's okay. brilliant. Uh, that is ten. All right, so it sounds like you're going to need two people to do this. Yes, okay. So, Hurst, in your turn, do you want to kind of, I, I guess, grab the bucket and hold it so that it, when when Jazz opens it, uh, tilts it a little bit, it, it can't sort of slip out type thing? Like, make sure that it's firmly Can tilted. I do that in spider form? I don't see why not. You can grab it with your mandibles and just kind of hold it. Yeah, sure. All right. This is a very yeah. weird I, I, I get, in my yeah. mind. So the giant spider drops from the ceiling, <laughs> grabs the bucket and its mandibles, and... Uh, aren't mandibles... Here we go. Tea. They are, Three, yes. Two, three. Yeah. Um, I'm also not impeded by web at all. Yes. So... That's good. good times. Good times. This is so great. <laughs> okay, right. so... Uh, my ready to action remains the same. Okay, then. Fantastic. Good, good, good. I'm just trying to see... 
No, <laughs> all right. That's that, that's that's a, that's amazing. So, is you, your ready action continues? Yep. Fantastic. So, whom is holding the bucket? Hurst is holding the bucket. Yeah, yep. Bucket. Great. Hurst is on the bucket. So you're ready in action to yeah. when the bucket is break is broken, which is about to happen. I'm going to give it. Yeah, I'm going to give it a disadvantage because it's in a bucket. <laughs> okay. So what you see is a long, thin, red, slightly slimy, chitinous scorpion looking tail Jesus that's about a Ugh. foot and a half or two feet long bursts through the bucket and lashes out at you mm. with a stick because you're, you're holding it physically with yeah. your mandibles and it's going to hit you Ow. and it's going to hit you for 18 damage of poison as this imp's stinger sticks into your spidery mandibles hey good news I'm yeah. not a spider anymore <laughs> You feel sick. You've never yeah. felt poison like this. It is just, it is the most lethal poison. You feel if you were in your half-orc form. I uh, am in my half-orc form now. But now you yeah. are. If you were, you'd be dead as a doornail. Like, this is really potent stuff. You, Your vision starts to swim. You vomit. And from inside the bucket, you can hear this little... Mm. But, however, however, as soon as you do that, you cast Mend on the bucket. Yeah. And it basically has to pull its stinger back in and the bucket mends up again. Excellent. Well, that was handy. Thanks for having that one ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so I shoot the crossbow bolt. Yes. So now, so now Lyle, yes. it's your, your turn again. So you can go and assist oh. and help out with everything. All right. To, um, with the whole crossbow bolt maneuver. Oh, so my thing failed, yeah. No, no, no. no, no. So you, 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 you can do that. It's just Lyle's going to help out, and then you'll be doing that to get the crossbow bolt okay, under there okay. first. All right. Is there a way in which I can aid source to convey advantage? Yes. Excellent. Then the way that I'm going to do that is basically add an extra pair, couple of pair of hands in order to um, keep the bucket steady. Perfect. Uh, along with Hurst there. Yeah, j- just so when Jez goes to poke the crossbow under it, she doesn't have to do so quite as quickly because yeah. there's more se- more security in the... Uh... Mm. So you should have advantage on the... On I already the... rolled before, so I'll just ah. take this one as the advantage, which is Sweet. 19. Okay, so it's going to fail its dexterity check because I, it, I'm i getting a disadvantage because it's in a bucket. So to dodge a, a webbing is... Well, I mean, it should almost be impossible, really. I'd say disadvantage given the circumstances. Mm, definitely disadvantage. So basically what happens is this webbing is now so you're trying to actually almost just contain it just in the bucket is that is that fair to say yes yeah. and, then we get, and then we get it to a well or the docks or you know what and we That's drown right. the fucker you know what I love this idea so yeah this this because what is potentially a 20 foot radius web spell is contained into a small foot long bucket so basically this thing is almost frozen in yeah. it is, yeah. it, So you can, you can see now that it, or you can hear we it. We have a bucket say. of webs. It is almost a solid bucket of glue with a with an imp struggling inside it. God, it'd probably suffocate. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't... Also, it, it's fine. It doesn't need to breathe, unfortunately. Oh, okay. So that's worth noting, by the way, if you're intending on throwing it in the river. I'm sorry, come again? Imps, imps do not need to breathe. They're devils. Oh, Okay. How do you dispose of her? All right, so we go. So we're outside of combat now, clearly. I'm, I'm going to say this thing is just so. I, I, I love yes. that. I love. I love that creative solution. If you're webbing up an imp inside a bucket, so mm. I mean, look, eventually it's going to wriggle free. Yeah. Uh, but for the time being, it is most definitely entrapped. So. Right. Uh, yeah. Shit. You hear a muffled it cursing at you, being like. Okay, so there's just an imp in a guy's basement writing shit on the floor. Um. Speaking of which, uh, Hurst, I don't know, can you read that? Like the, 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 the summoning sur- thing to work out what was uh, being summoned? No, I, I look, uh, I mean, that is uh, tower magic. You, yeah, you'd have to be trained in either religion or arcana. And I do you have mean, religion, don't you? I do mean trained. Oh, trained. I am not trained in religion. All right. And my intelligence score. No. 
is a zero. Can we just do a general arcana check of kind of what imps are and how to dispose oh. of them? Oh, most certainly. I pull out my what are imps and yeah. how to dispose of them. <laughs> yeah, so I think if you just stab the bucket enough, it'll die. <laughs> yeah. I'm in favour of this notion. That's not good. <laughs> I All right. Two. So stabbing seems to be the the go-to for this. Oh, we could build a fire. <laughs> And throw it on the fire. So what, I'm holding this bucket of yeah. imp like out yeah. in front of me, like it's a hot potato. And you roll. Like, oh, no, I love this. I love because you rolled a two on your intelligence check to know about imps, and you're like, yeah, burn it in the fire. Great, yeah. sounds good. If I can put forward a suggestion, then yes, we're dealing with imps, which seems to be the opposite of things that are holy. My me being a cleric plus also knowledge of the city. Mm-hmm. would give me some idea as to the closest goodly church. Yes. Which might be able to do something about this. Oh, right, yeah. Uh, let's, all right, let's get the hell out of here then, I suppose. I guess okay. we just basically take the bucket and take off at a flat sprint because yeah, it's probably going to stay in here forever. How yeah. long does web last for? An hour. <laughs> this one lasts for an hour. This but we still want to get this sorted out very <laughs> so, soon. Yeah. So, holding the bucket in your hand, you run outside. You can mm-hmm. see the elderly gentleman is still sitting there on the street saying, Is that monster dead? Is it taken care of? Oh, oh, oh my god. Man. Uh, so, I don't really know how to explain this, and I don't have time to, so... <laughs> Yes. Why don't you just take a quick look in to the bucket just to confirm that we are in fact dealing with a monster. Okay, he looks in and goes, Oh, there you are, you little rapscallion! And that's and enough he, of that. He, he picks up his cane. Like, you, you, no. You're going to start whacking oh. it like Yoda? <laughs> nope. All right, all right, all right, all right. All right, you need to not do that. All right, you need to leave this to the experts. Now, real quick, you owe us something for this. Yes, yes. He, if he fumbles into his purse and throws you a purse of gold. All right, let's go. You can count it later, I guess. Let's get out of here. So count on me having a ready action to cast Mend again on the bucket should, you know, problems ensue. Most certainly. So we'll just say that you're constantly readying, okay? So if it does manage to get the momentum or the leverage to burst out of the bucket, you're ready to mend it. While while Jez, holding this imp webbed up in a bucket at arm's length, you you race through the city streets, which are now shortcutting. Which are now pretty much dark, like sun yeah. is starting to set on the horizon. If I'm um, not, um, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. No, no. If I'm not mending, then what I'm doing is casting guidance on Jez. Okay. Okay. So, uh, uh, where are we going? You said there was a church. You know that the nearest place to take the, the nearest. Okay, so there, actually, Imp you have <laughs> you have you, you actually have two temples in the North Ward, which uh-huh. are pretty equally far away from Troll Skull Alley. So it's completely up to you. Okay. There is the Church of Ilmata. Yes. Which is essentially the god of um, suffering, but in, yep. in in the way that he takes on the suffering. Of, yep. He's the god of martyrs, basically. Yes. Okay. So that's a very benevolent, very very benevolent deity, as far as deities go. Like you, yeah, you, yep. you're pretty solid there. Mm-hmm. The other one is called the Holy Hands House, which is actually a multi uh, deity temple. It's quite uh, a popular, cute. big one. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. All right. Let's not take it to the As church the religious of suffering. one here, where yeah. should we go? As one who invokes the gods to save his own bacon, let's go with more gods is better. All right, let's do it. <laughs> we run. We thought the more gods, the more better. It's like a video game. You run everywhere. Okay. Yeah, dash, dash, dash. Yeah. So here's a... So we, we do the thing where we jump all the time. Yeah. Yeah, because it's actually quicker than running. So you yeah. do the jump, roll, dash. the roll, yeah. roll, yeah. roll, if you, If you jump dash and then dash again before you hit the ground it recharges your stamina meter so you can essentially <laughs> dash infinitely uh, welcome amazing. to D&D speedrun strats <laughs> so, <laughs> so you so you make your way dashing through the city streets and as you can see it's yep. uh, there so mm-hmm. it's right on the edge of the sea ward and north ward it is a huge beautiful cathedral like circular structure I mean 
as you might imagine, it's actually quite enormous. It's one of the largest temples you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. It's got multi-spires all the way around. It's a huge circular thing. Out, out the front, you can see that there is a ring of statues depicting all manner of deities mm-hmm. uh, in northern Faerun. Not really stopping uh, to, to worry about anything. It doesn't appear like there's any service or anything going on right now. <laughs> really, I mean, as tempted as I am to have you burst in on like a half leg wedding or something, because that'd be hilarious. Yes. You you burst into the front, and so in the in the uh, immediate foyer area, yeah. you can see that there is a huge domed cathedral entrance. It is resplendent. There's decorations and artwork mm-hmm. depicting all the different deities. And every single corner, every alcove of yeah. the main uh, circular center uh, seems to be essentially marked out as a shrine or even a really a, a, even a small temple to another deity themselves. So yeah. uh, as you rush in, you look really, really... This thing, by the way, starts to squirm and scream. So you can hear it being like... Yeah, I was wondering if just even being in the consecrated temple would have... It, it doesn't seem to be... <laughs> It, it doesn't seem to be hurting in the sense of doing it damage, but it's, no. it's very uncomfortable. Right, so and it wouldn't be able to see yeah, what's so, happening. So here's what, we, so here's what we do, Jez. I want you to just go to, like, do a bit of a loop, a bit of a lap around uh, each faith. Oh, Whatever right. screams the loudest, that is the one we go for. <laughs> the, immediately on the left, first of all, you can see there aren't, there aren't actually too many people that are in here right now. What you do see is you can see that there is a... Uh, a, 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 a even for a dwarf, a short female dwarf. She's got thick reddish blonde hair that are done up in two really severe, thick, like sort of Viking style braids. Mm -hmm. And she has got full plate resplendent armor and a shield and a gigantic one-handed warhammer, which all looks like it's made out of, if if not mithril, at least at least it looks to be silvered. You know, it's just this resplendent thing. And she has the holy symbol of Torm on the front of her, on the front of her chest plate. Oh God, lady, uh, we need a hand here. So she rushes forward and says, hold there vagabonds, what are you doing? We pulled an imp out of a person's basement and um, we've got it trapped in this bucket and we want to get rid of it. Uh, it nearly killed me. How can we make this happen? Wait a second, you've got an imp trapped there in that bucket. Can you not hear it swearing? Oh, now I can, yes. She looks really flustered and she says, all right, all right, I can do this. You've come to the right place. Put it on the ground and I'll deal with it. Um, uh, are you sure? Do you not want to get someone? Let's, let's not, um, senior. Let's not get into haggling, shall we? No, I'm just like, um, I shall smite this fiend. If my blow fails, may Torm bless me so it does not. No, you, Torm is good. Torm you, is good. You will, who we want. You will finish it. And she actually throws her shield down and grabs her warhammer in both hands. Right, and I drop the bucket on the floor and back off. She says, yeah. "Thank you, heroes, for bringing this to our attention. Oh, You've come to the right place. This will take. This will be taken care of. If my blow fails, may Torm's hand guide me." Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. god, pauses, so pauses, and pauses, and pauses. And she seems really hesitant and says, "It's just that it's." There in the bucket, can't move at anything. I feel oh, really bad. Uh, it's dishonorable to do this. It was creating a spell circle in someone's basement. We don't know what it was for. Maybe someone needs to go check that out. Why don't you grab some other people to help you? I cast you back to whatever circle you came from. And you, her entire hammer glows with such white light that it's almost like a floodlight is shining mm-hmm. your face. And for a split second, you Ow. can't really look at her as this uh, this paladin of Torm just does an enormous holy smite. And I mean, look, minimum damage is going to kill this thing. So it just, it just, it just completely completely smashes this thing to smithereens as she uses in game terms uses like a divine strike yeah like a third level spell slot to augment mm. the, the divine smite and just this thing just explodes into a shard of bucket and bits of webbing <laughs> and uh, it, it, it is goo. just goo now and she says are you alright she looks at you all 
Oh yeah, well done. Very impressive. Um, okay. I healed myself a bit on the way up here, but um, my name's Agatha. Agatha Breakmantle. Agatha, I could probably. I got some uh, imp venom when I was shapeshifted as a wolf spider. How many hit points are you down? Uh, I healed myself on the way up uh, okay. here with my uh, with a hit die. Okay. Uh, so I now I'm not not to be a nitpicking Nancy, oh. but to heal using a hit die requires an hour's short rest. Mm. Okay, so in that case, I mean, it, it, that's just a bit of an important one. That's yeah, all. that's, uh, that's, that's fine. That. that is absolutely fine. Because I do have, uh, I mean, I didn't need to do that. Like we weren't. No, no, that's cool. So how? So how many are you down? I'm on seven of seventeen. Oh, so she lays a hand, she lays hands upon you and says, "Me Tom's grace, heal your wounds." And with that, you feel this beautiful, calming glow suffuse your being. It's a little bit different to clerical magic, not a lot, but it's just I don't know for the connoisseur of magical healing, it it just feels a little bit different as well. Is she a paladin? Yes. yes, her um, eyes her eyes glow bright, and then you are completely healed. Hey, look at that. Your boy's fixed. She says, thank you again. Thank you. Uh, yes, sorry, we didn't mean to, you know, just bring a fiend into your church for you to smite. But... Well, it's a bit, actually, it's quite a slow evening. This really picked things up. Oh, good. And it's good that we can deal with professionals. Yes, yeah, so... Um, she blushes and looks a little, a little, you know, bashful and just kind of, you know... Hey, no, you, you just have charm with all the ladies. No, you flirty like your your halfling lady. Will <laughs> <to get laughs> jealous. She she doesn't seem to be like you know like necessarily wooed, but just no. kind of like she's she's very humble. Like, um, yeah. So there was this spell circle thing that was drawing uh, as a rat. She says she she hefts her hammer and says, "All right, no, it's you like, stay it, here." It wasn't finished, but um, I'll go and investigate. Do you know about spell circles, she, summoning circles? She leans forward and says, "All right, you seem trustworthy." Right. And we need all hands on deck here. Yeah. I'll tell you. Uh-huh. And she looks around. There is a, a circle of noble families in the city. All right. I'm investigating it. Yeah. And I believe they are worshippers of Asmodeus. No. A group, a group of them, these nobles, conducting all matter of dark rites in their basements. Honestly, rich people have too much time on their hands. Who was the name of, our, of the name of the guy who brought us in? So he, his name is Engelhart, Mr. Engelhart. Mm-hmm. Engelhart, thank you. Now here's the thing. Sometimes they don't seem to be very good at what they do. There's been no less than half a dozen cases of summoned devils that have appeared clearly not where the summoner intended. Random places like, for example, people's basements who are not members of the cult, but be worthwhile me going and checking this fellow out, making sure that he's not a member. Is he he a noble? No. No. I don't believe so, no. Uh, Probably a random bystander then. Probably got summoned into his basement, but best to check it out anyway. Do you think that the the strange appearances is probably because they're appearing where, like, someone from, you know, down there wants them to appear? And not where the summoner wants them to appear? Maybe. Is that possible? It certainly could be. Hey. I don't really summon animals. No, I would hope you don't summon devils either. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a druid. That's great. You know, my, my second cousin was a druid. That doesn't. He was I, good. He's a, he's a good man. Uh, we, we don't all know each other. N- nature's wonderful. I'm, 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 not, I'm not suggesting you do. You'd be surprised when people think I, know, I used to know Lord Peregon. First, I'm not old enough. Well, almost. But anyway, the point is, um, thank you. Mm. Thank you for this. <laughs> I'll investigate this without delay. You take yourself a well-earned rest. Alright, cheers. Oh, oh, thank you for healing me. Um, yeah, that was nice. Are you two wounded as well? She says, pointing to you two. Mm, actually, yeah, a little bit. Okay, so well, she, she has enough layer. She, she can, how many hit points are you down? Uh, five. I mean, yeah, easy. You're, you're now full of uh, healing. She says, listen. Very kind. You're doing the God's work. Mm. She reaches into her pocket and pulls out a potion and says, uh, here, for you. Oh, I'll take that. It's a potion of strength. 
May it give you strength in these dark times. And with that, she runs out into the night, hefting her warhammer above her head. And with that, I think it's as good a place as any to leave it. With you, yeah. I guess just to wrap things up, we'll say that you start to make your way back down to uh, to Troll Skull to... Get ready you know, for tonight's events. To get ready for tonight's events. Fantastic. Thank you so much for playing. Not at all, thank you. That was a really, a really great handling of a potentially dangerous encounter of the imp. So, good stuff. And scene. Thanks for listening to Shared Sagas. All music on the show is used under Creative Commons. Check the episode notes for full details.